0: Good morning. You're listening to the Pensacola Expert Panel 1037. I'm Jenna Bard. We are joined now on the phone with Terry Gross. How are you, Terry?
1: Good morning. Uh, glad to be back. Uh, looks like we got some weather conditions today, and hopefully this will get through so we can have a great 4th of July weekend.
0: Amen. I'm ready for it.
1: Yeah, I think we all are, and uh, it'll be crazy, of course, and if you're trying to go to the beach, uh you might want to get there early, um, just to beat the crowds and the parking. And yeah, I usually cheat. I try to boat over a little bit, so I got my little spots where I can park my boat and right. avoid all that traffic.
0: That's the but smart way I'm to do lawyer, it. I'm a lawyer,
1: so we got to talk about mall stuff. We can't just talk about boating and uh, the and uh, the beach and all that. But um, anyway, I'm a lawyer. Most of everybody that listens knows I've been uh, here in Escambia County for only 43 years, and I'm proud to say uh, that I have my three sons in with me, my two biological sons, and then of course my son-in-law Dalton Allen. So um, the four of us practice uh, throughout Northwest Florida. We got five offices: uh, Pensacola, Milton, Crestview, uh, Fort Walton, and Navarre. And we just you know, try to serve and meet everybody and we limit our practice to only personal injury. So today's topic, what I'd like to get into, uh, and we can always have callers, excuse me, callers, if they wish to uh, text you or call you, how could they do that?
0: Yeah, you can text in any questions for Terry at 850-437-1620.
1: Yeah, and then uh, the time always blows by. So what I wanna talk about today is when people are selecting lawyers, uh, they either go to the websites or they look at the ads or they still go to the phone book or whatever it is. And various lawyers, uh, they, they cite different ratings, different agencies, and and it gets really confusing. It's a bit confusing to me, truthfully, but I still would submit to the listeners that probably one of the biggest... Uh, accolades that a lawyer could ever receive in their field is to be board-certified because in Florida, it is very difficult for a lawyer to become board-certified. They have to be out five years. That's not too difficult. They have to have 15 uh, trials, uh, usually jury trials, and that is difficult because trials are just not as common today as they used to be. There's a lot of reasons for that. It would take me an hour or two to explain it. Just trust me that there's fewer trials today than when I was a young lawyer, and I tried a bunch as a young lawyer. In one year, 1983, I picked uh, 18 juries, tried 15 jury trials. So it's just not as common today. Nowadays, if you try one jury trial a year, that's a lot. So that's a requirement. You have to go back to the... And take a very grueling bar exam. We took it in Tampa on very esoteric topics, such as the sovereign immunity law, the collateral source rule, the wrongful debt act, uh, the proposal for settlement rule, uh, does the all kinds of different doctrines out there, the instrumentality doctrine, uh, and so forth. The Graves Amendment. So just to show that you have expertise and knowledge of very um, esoteric facts and laws that only an expert would know about. So um, I'm proud to say I've been board certified since 1983. There are over 100,000 lawyers in the state of Florida, and less than 2,500 are board certified civil trial lawyers. So that's a rare breed out of, so that's just about two and a half percent. But of those, probably half of them are insurance company lawyers. So if you back them out, there's probably just a little over a 1,000 board-certified civil trial lawyers throughout the state. So that's one thing I think a person should look at. Uh, If you go up in the panhandle here, there's probably a dozen of us that maybe are board-certified civil trial lawyers that represent plaintiffs. Then I think the next uh, thing If you're going to Google somebody or look at the webpage, there's an old, old um, rating agency that's been around for over 100 years, and it's called Martindale-Hubble. Martindale-Hubble, they rate lawyers, and how they do it is they get peer reviews. They get fellow lawyers rating fellow lawyers, and judges rate them. As well, so judges are included and fellow lawyers. And the highest rating a lawyer could ever receive is A V. V is in victory. A V. That's the highest rating on Mark Del Hubble's list. I'm proud to say I'm A V rated. Uh, next, there's some new stuff out there. There's something called Avo. A V V O. Avo. I'm not sure the agency behind it, but they rate lawyers one to ten. And, of course, uh, 10 is the highest a lawyer could be rated. I'm proud to say I'm rated 10. Not bragging, just stating facts. Because there's so many lawyers out there that are advertising now. you're just inundated with these lawyers. Some have billboards, and they're not even licensed in Florida. you got billboards everywhere you can think. And not only are they not board certified in Florida or A.B. rated in Florida, they're not even, they don't even have a Florida bar license. Uh, But yet the the billboards are everywhere. And so anybody, any young lawyer, anybody could throw up a billboard. Then there's – see, I'm just trying to think of what else is out there because there's so many of them. then they got um, the million-dollar club. I forget what they call themselves, but million-dollar advocates or whatever. And that sounds good. You think, God, he's selling a case for a million dollars. Uh, he must be good. Well, let me ask you this. Let me just pose a question to the public. What if there's a catastrophic injury case, and it's caused by an 18-wheeler who's got gazillions of insurance, and some lawyer settles that injury case for a million dollars? But what if it was worth $3 million? What if most lawyers who are very accomplished and seasoned would have pushed for $3 million? but this other lawyer was happy to accept a million and then he could be yeah, a petition to become a member of the Million Dollar Club because he settled a case for a million dollars, but that doesn't necessarily mean that that person's a great or a proficient lawyer. So just because you settle a case for a million dollars just means you had a good case. And anybody, a general practitioner or a young lawyer, anybody can pick up a good case, just line luck. Somebody walks in their office, they say, Are you a lawyer? Yes, I'm a lawyer. Boom, there you go. So I, I think just being part of that uh, doesn't necessarily uh, rubber stamp that person uh, as a proficient lawyer in, in that field of practice.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. uh, Hey, Terry, I'm going to interrupt you real quick. We actually have a call coming in I want to get to you to make sure we get to questions. Um, It looks like Ozzy from Gulf Breeze is on the line. Ozzy, go ahead with your question.
2: Well, I'm going to change the subject up on you, Terry and and host. uh, But before I do that, let me just say this is unsolicited call. I I know Terry Gross. He's an excellent attorney. He represented me in a car wreck thing. It was actually a little bit complicated. But anyway, just if you need a lawyer, call Terry Gross. He's smart. He's a good man. He's a great lawyer. And, you know, I just can't say enough uh, about, you know, and there's a reason why he has these good rankings and these good reviews and stuff on the Internet because he's good. So <laughs> that's that. Now, Terry, I got a question for you. Well, not, hot I'm, button I'm issue, on. you know, all this
1: stuff – Go ahead. Oh, okay, i I just want to say one thing on that topic. So you're just saying this and calling in for the public, hoping that I give you one of my secret fishing holes. That's why you called in. <laughs> oh. Just hoping that if you said these well, nice no. things, I'll give you a, a
2: secret <laughs> number. Actually, that would have been a the, the, I, that would have been a good idea. But you know, I've tried that and it, it doesn't seem to work. So <laughs> I kind of gave up on that. But uh, then All you know, right. maybe. All right. uh, I'll soften you up a little bit with all the uh, flattery, but it, it's it's really true. So, I mean, I think people can hear from the tone of my voice. I'm, I'm not just saying that to say that. He's been around for a long well, time. It. He's been practicing law for a long time. He knows what he's doing. If you think you need a lawyer, you probably do. So give Terry a call. I mean, it, it was such a – it was a huge relief to me because – at first, I was, you know, hemming and hawing about you know, contacting an attorney or not and I had all these other insurance people and everybody calling me and wanting information and stuff. And then the thing that was such a relief for me in my particular case was once I went and sat down with Terry, from then on, it was like he told me, he says, look, don't talk to anybody. Anybody wants to talk to you, you give them my name and number and tell them that, you know, I'll talk to them. And then if they really have to talk to you, which sometimes happens, We'll sit down together, me and you, and we'll talk to him so that you're not alone. And I got many more phone calls and, and requests after that. And let me tell you, they their whole attitude changed when I said, "Yeah, um, you need to contact Mr. Groves." <laughs> they 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 really did change. You could really hear it in their voices. So, like I said, if you think you need a lawyer, you probably do, and I'd highly recommend uh, Mr. Gross. So, but when I was saying the hot button issue, you know, the Supreme Court has ruled on the um, abortion thing and it's not really so much on abortion as it is it's a states rights issue is really what it is people kind of misunderstand it but that's my take on it is it's more of a states rights issue it's you know they're saying that there's really nothing in the constitution no matter how you interpret it which you know guarantees a woman a right to an abortion which you know all those are hot button issues but my question i don't think is going to be nearly so controversial and this is my question for you, Terry. Uh, I keep hearing people talking about substantive due process, especially from Clarence Thomas, and cases that have been, you know, considered and decided based on subst- substantive due process. And I can't figure out really what that means. And I was wondering, you know, I imagine there's a lot of other listeners too that would be interested on on your take for someone who's been to law school and practiced law for so long. How would you define substantive due process, and why is it so controversial and, and you know,
1: it's strange, I guess? You know, th- th- those are terms of art, and it's really hard. It all depends on the context. You see it. You see a lot of due process arguments, mainly in criminal law. I mean, that's where you really see it. It, gets, it can occur in civil, but, but like whether it be the Miranda rights or whatever, you know, was miranda the the uh, the Hispanic fellow was he deprived of his rights and not being uh, told that he had a right to a lawyer and blah 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 before he gave a confession right. did he did, did he waive or were his substantive due process rights uh, stepped upon same thing with a, a bad search warrant they they look at the substantive Substantive just means sort of like tangible based on these facts. And, and the due process clause, you know, comes about from uh, either I think it's the 14th Amendment, um, and and so forth. So the due process clause is used quite a bit. But you'll see a lot of criminal uh, pellet decisions, whether it be uh, Miranda or anything else with a search warrant, they're always going to due process. What the process was he did he was he deprived of his due process of law? Is is, is rights is guaranteed by the uh, Constitution. I'd I, I like to delve into this abortion thing, but I want to take a different tack on it, um, because everybody is either, you know, the, you, are you pro-choice or are you pro-life? I'd rather, you brought it up in a very good way, I'd rather approach it analytically and get away from the motion. It's hard for people to get away from the motion thing. So, first of all, you, I haven't read this opinion. I've just read uh, excerpts of... Uh, Scholars that were analyzing the Supreme Court's opinion. So I admit I haven't read the opinion itself, but basically, what the argument was of the majority was that Roe v.ersus Wade in 1973 was a red herring to begin with, because it, there was nowhere, of course, abortions not I mentioned anywhere in, in our Constitution. And what they were relying on was language, the privacy languages, uh, language of the 14th Amendment. And the 14th Amendment, you got to remember, the 13th and 14th Amendments were passed right after the Civil War in 1868 in response to the end of slavery. So most of the 13th and 14th Amendments dealt with race and giving uh, equal protection under laws. We've heard about equal protection Giving you know, black people equal protection as a, and, and so forth, um, as opposed to the contrary, Dred Scott decision where black people were deemed to only be three fifths a person in 1857. So the the thing is, what the court decided, you, you nailed it. You actually nailed it. with very stupidly, was they didn't make a ruling per se. Uh, about abortion, they just felt that it wasn't a federal right, according to a our, our, our constitution, that it was up to the states to make these determinations, not the federal government, that it was a overreaching. They felt that the Supreme Court overreached in, seven, in 1973 in Roe versus Wade by making it a federal right where it, it, it just – it's not – you know the, on the Second Amendment, people can argue it all day long. We haven't a Second Amendment. We have an amendment that deals – With guns, we have an amendment that deals with speech. We have an amendment that deals with right to counsel. We have an amendment amendment that gives women the right to vote. And so the Supreme Court said that either the Congress has to meet uh, federally or or pass another constitutional amendment, which is hard to do. And there could be one. You could actually Congress could meet and pass a constitutional amendment. There's an amendment process, and that's what they said in the in the in their language. So. A lot of people just get so emotional about you know all, all these things, but I think it, it, it was that the law was very specific. It's very it's very rare that you see this because it was precedent. It was reaffirmed in the Casey decision in uh, 1992. So we had the it's been on the books for 50 years. So to throw out a prior Supreme Court uh, body of law is, is most unusual. It's been done before. Uh, but it's a very rare occurrence, so I, I know everybody's up in the air about it. But I, I, I agree with you that, that at the end of the road or the end of the line, that the court was trying to say that it, it, we don't see where it's guaranteed under the Constitution. It's up to the state yeah, to make their I'm, own independent decisions. Right.
2: I mean, I mean, basically, just to echo. It seems to me like basically what they were saying and and I agree with it is that Roe was wrongly decided way back when it was decided it was wrongly decided, and you know that it, it's a, it's a chance to correct a mistake in in the interpretation or, or the the administration of supreme court and and judgments and law and you know so i first of all i'll just come right out and say i'm against abortion, you know, in general. I mean, there's always gonna be exceptions and all that kind of stuff and I'm not a zealot about it, but I just, you know, I, I'm against it. And uh so you hear a lot of people that are, you know, really up in arms about this decision talking about, oh, I can't believe the, the court has overturned something that's set for fifty years or whatever But, you know, I would like to remind everybody, and if they haven't heard this, you know, I'll say it. You know, there's a lot of decisions that were really terrible decisions, especially civil rights type things that stood for 30, 40, 50 years that were overturned. And it's a great thing that they were overturned because the court was correcting something that was wrong, you know. And I don't think there's any person that really, you know, knows the Constitution and, and civil rights that would argue that, that, that was wrong to overturn some of the, you know, racial discrimination type, you know, law that we, or not maybe not law, but opinions or whatever, you know, rulings that the Supreme Court had made over, you know, you know over the years back in our past. So just because it's sat for a long time doesn't mean it it doesn't need to be overturned. I think that's a, a false argument right there. I think that, you know, the past shows a lot of things that have been overturned. You know, it was a good thing, and I honestly think this is a good thing as well. So, anyway, that's so you wouldn't really say there's much difference between due process and substantive due process. It's just kind of a complicated way of saying the same thing, really. It's just talking about the way the, the the way due process is administered and and gone through, the actual what happens to ensure
1: due process. Would you say that's about right? I think when they use the word substantive, I think sort of tangible, uh, palpable. It's just an adjective. It's just a modifier of due process. I don't think it makes it uh, different. It just means provable substantive. There has to be some proof of the violation of due process. It has to, substantive. I just, I just think it's a modifier. Is all it's doing. Uh, it's just, right. you know, it's right. just a little extra stress of, 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 of something patent, something patent, something that you could see or prove or, or you know, uh, 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 due process. So, anyway, I appreciate your, your comments, and uh, we'll see where things go. Uh, Ozzie, I hope we uh, hook up, and as you usually say, may your lines be tight.
0: <laughs> uh, thank you again, Ozzy, for calling. I, I was, this was a good discussion. I like it. Very good. And, Terrence, we have about two minutes left. How do we want to wrap up?
1: Well, yeah, you know, I was just starting off the program about selecting a lawyer, but I guess there's just different. I would say it, it, the, Google's not a bad way, but just read more than just who's at the top. Some of those people at the top are ads. You'll see the little ad in the corner. That So if you're looking for the best restaurant in town, you don't go to the ads because that means somebody paid to be there. I would go organically through there and then just read carefully and you'll see what's what you know there, there's people there's like six lawyers say they got 30 years experience that means maybe each one's got five years six lawyers 30 years i'm one lawyer i got 40 years three years experience i'm not adding a bunch together but anyway uh it's always a pleasure uh this is terence gross our office uh is located on the corner of power Cervantes. we're always open uh for uh consultations uh we try to help out people if you have a different case something that we don't do we try to refer you to lawyers that can help you that may be specialists in that given area we concentrate mainly on car wrecks we do a lot of slip falls. we do a lot of dog bites and if you want to call us 850-434-3333 our website is great grossinschuster.com has a lot of information about trucking accidents the no-fault law uninsured motorists many of the things i've talked about for years on this station. I appreciate it, uh, giving this opportunity. It was great having Ozzy call in with the question. Again, we have five offices, Pensacola, Bilton, Fort Walton, Crestview, and Navarre, where we can see people face-to-face.
0: Thank you, Terrence, so much. Look forward to talking to you again soon. Always a pleasure. Again, you can catch this podcast later on at NewsRadio923.com. Look for Terrence A. Gross under the Pensacola Expert panel podcast page, I'm Jenna Barr. Tune in tomorrow morning. We've got some fun, thirsty Thursday action for you, gearing up for the holiday weekend with all of your barbecuing and ideas. And uh, have a fantastic day. Stay dry. Talk to you tomorrow.
1: Local talk during. The-